your marriage feels more like The Walking Dead than Sleepless in Seattle, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're your hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams, and we know that marriage is hard work. And we believe it can be an adventure full of laughter, fun, and building a connection that lasts. So we're on a mission to inspire and challenge you to live the adventure of a legendary marriage. This is the Legendary Marriage Podcast, Season 1, Episode 22. Where we talk about having frank conversations about sex with your spouse and getting past the awkwardness. (laughs) Enjoy. So there are certain things that I do when Justin's out of town. Oh, boy. You know, I mean, I lay across the whole bed, our king-size bed. Yeah. I don't clean up the house until he's about to come home. Oh, you cleaned? <laughs> I eat fried chicken, which I mentioned in the last episode. Which is, I, is the most disturbing to me because I like <laughs> fried chicken. <laughs> well, I can go get some tonight if you want. They have a special on Friday. Mm. And I love to go garage sailing with no limits. No, like, well, I'll only be gone ow, for two ow, hours. Ow. What is that pain? Ow, ow, ow. Oh, it's my wallet. Oh, stop. It's a garage sale. I spent like $10. Get over yourself. <laughs> um, but seriously, Justin is a Lego fanatic. He's like a fanatic. He uses Legos to activate his thought process, which I've realized as we start working together more and more. I'm playing with a Lego He's right playing now. Playing with a Lego underneath the table. Okay. It's not underneath the table. Don't make it sound dirty. <laughs> so I got a massive bin of Legos. So for, just as yeah. an expert. As as a a, Lego as a casual Lego expert, mm-hmm. I would say you got about four to six hundred dollars worth of Legos for three dollars. What? What? I felt kind of bad because it was this older lady, and you could tell she was like selling off her like sons or grandkids stuff, and she really had no idea. And I was like, "Uh, how much do you want for this bag of Legos?" Thinking she's gonna say. 30 bucks or so something. So I'm not as big a garage sale fan. Because that's why, one time... That's why I go without you. Well, yeah, but let me just tell you, like, you got the $600 Lego deal for $3. Yeah. Um, my mom once sold some of my comic books. Oh. Without you knowing? Uh, pretty much. We had a box of comic books, some of them going back to the 50s. <gasps> Stop. Like, first run... And she sold them for a nickel, whatever like sing- they said on the cover. There was a single digit of uh, Batman. Wow. Action comics, like the first comics from when my brother was a little kid and and one of the neighbors gave them to him. Wow. Yeah, there were there was some serious value there that she gave away for pennies on the on the But she didn't know. No. Didn't they sell your sailboat underneath underneath you one time yeah, when you I was, left? I was in Houston on a internship. Um, on an internship, and I get a call. Oh, you're going to get a package in the mail. You need to sign this stuff. What? Yeah, we sold your sailboat. <laughs> what? What? 
Why are you crushing my soul? <laughs> oh, this was honey. the same sailboat that I sank at one point. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't talk about that so much. But yeah. um, but while you were gone, I also did some salvage dogging, which yeah. means I dig through the neighbor's trash that they put out on their <laughs> curb and I sell it for money. <laughs> so we have this thing a couple times a year where they do bulk pickup yeah. for trash. So mm-hmm. you can take your grills and your basketball hoops and your old sofas and your whatever. Yeah. But Danielle goes out and drives to the neighborhood and finds stuff that's like perfectly good. Like they found, Danielle and her dad found what, four or five, maybe six vacuum cleaners. Yeah. They just needed to be They just needed out. a new belt. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> I wouldn't say that's perfectly good. I probably wouldn't but, mess with that. But, but furniture and kids toys and you know, all kinds of stuff. And she cleans it up and then sells it for literally a couple dollars. Yeah, I made about $200. But it all adds up. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. It's more fun than anything What's for me. What's the value? What's your core value that Yeah, that, I think it hits a... Lit up I there? was actually thinking about that too because my I think my dad has the same core value. My parents are visiting, so my dad did it with me. And I was thinking, I'm really glad my dad's here doing this with me and not Justin because... Well, my dad has a longer attention span than you do. So my dad would, my dad and I drove around for a couple hours doing this. But um, I think he and I are both, we love to be resourceful. Like take something where people, you know, think it's, you know, trash and make it my treasure, a.k.a. cash in my pocket. And it's not that hard. It's just fun. And it's like, you know, it's like a little treasure hunt. It's kind of fun. And it's an adventure because you never know what you're going to find. It's like the unexpected, like, oh, my gosh, I got a bike, which it's exactly the bike I have been looking for. It just needed a new tube in it. Yeah. So she goes out and finds the stuff that creates projects for me. Well. Which is fine. Yes. For the most part. But it was stuff that we actually needed. It wasn't like random. Like we needed a bike. We needed a carpet cleaner, some other stuff. So anyways, it was fun. But when but when still having nightmares about the carpet cleaner. But Justin when when Justin got home, he was a little upset that we have a couch on our front porch that I haven't gotten rid of yet. Let me tell you a story about a man named Jed. My mom's loving it out there. She's like, Oh, get a comfy couch it's a beautiful little love seat but it needs to go it needs to go it needs to be gone we need a patio couch out there that'd be nice sure i should dig for that take some of your your money from (laughs) selling all the all the junk (laughs) and go get get a patio set oh that's a good idea if i hadn't already spent it all oh (laughs) i figure that's my own money do it do with it what i will do whatever all right, so we're, t- we're pretty. I think we're pretty aligned about money, anyway. We'll talk yeah, about that soon, too. We are aligned about money, and you know what we want to talk about today is that we are wondering about couples being aligned, not on money, but on sex. Oh yeah, this episode is about to get R-rated. <laughs> well, I don't know how R-rated it is. I'm but. just saying if you're listening around your kids, be aware of the fact that we're going to talk about sex and sexuality. Yeah, and uh, we may say things like 69 or mermaid or praying mantis. <laughs> and 
you may or may not know what we're talking about. Your kids I'm may not sure or may we know. I'm not sure we know either, but um, your kids might know. Uh, yeah, they'll probably look it up on Urban Dictionary and be like... Don't give them ideas. Jeez. <laughs> no, but it's interesting just because yeah. we have this foundation in Christ. We're Christians. Mm-hmm. And um, so we always see things through the lens of... Um, how is this going to honor God? Yeah. In this case, how is it going to honor God in our sexuality? And it's interesting because a lot of times we'll go to a church service or, you know, listen to a Bible study or a podcast or whatever. And Christians talk about sex in a way that's not really sex. <laughs> yeah. Um, we often kind of do a bait and switch or what John Acuff calls a Jesus juke. Where we say, okay, we're going to talk about sex and relationships. And what we actually talk about is emotional intimacy and spiritual intimacy. and Which are super important. Which are, absolutely. And they're interconnected with physical intimacy. Sure. We're three parts. We're emotional, we're spiritual, and we're physical beings. We're all three. So they are interconnected, but I feel like the church usually kind of does the little, like you said, Jesus juke around the physical mm-hmm. aspect. They don't say praying mantis or mermaid or 69. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? What would you think if your pastor you stood know, up there? And I, you know, I, and I get it. I get it because again, we want to, we want to talk about sex in a way that is respectful sure. and honorable that, that isn't making stupid jokes. Mm-hmm. I'd like to blah, blah, blah. Huh? <laughs> you know, the, the cheesy jokes that, that we use to try to cover up our insecurity and and uncomfortableness in talking about it. And you believe me, we're sitting here across from each other looking at each other like, we're really talking? Okay, this is great. Um, well, it, I think it also, it also like, it kind of hits our button about like, oh, I just can't stand how like inauthentic it feels when people make the cheesy jokes yeah. or whatever. Kind of like when we talked about um, the cheesy cliches. About yeah. marriage, uh, probably in about uh, what podcast was that? Uh, it was a couple episodes ago. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes, but I think it was like thirteen or fourteen. But we talked about um, cheesy cliches. So I think in general, when people try to make jokes of something that is an intimate thing, it is a real, authentic, raw thing, and they just yeah. make a cheesy joke to cover it up. We're like, mm-hmm. oh come on, just stop. Just just jump in there. We make cheesy jokes to, be, to cover the insecurity, mm-hmm. or we talk about it in uh, disrespectful ways. We talk about it in um, crude ways sure. as well. Uh, we use crude language, mm-hmm. and it all tends to be kind of a cover-up for the, the insecurity or the uncomfortableness. And, yeah, and I mean, I, I, like it's I said, awkward. I get it. It's awkward to talk about sex in general. And I'm not sure where that really came from, the awkwardness. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's just, even with your spouse, I mean, it's just a vulnerable thing to have a conversation of, like, so can you get all lubed up and stick it in this spot instead of this spot? And, you know, I mean, yeah. if you get, like, super specific with your spouse, it can be even to the person who knows you best in this world, it can be awkward. Yeah. It, it feels in some way like, Oh, move three degrees to the left and up one inch. Yeah. You know, it feels very demanding and right. And, and here's the reality. Sex is about 
a, a few different things, really. It's a physical expression of the, the spiritual and emotional intimacy in mm-hmm. your relationship. Yeah. Um, it, it helps build spiritual and emotional intimacy. Physical intimacy builds into that and vice versa. So it's like a catch-22. Yeah. It, well, catch-22 kind of has a negative context oh. for me. But oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's a circle. Like when we invest in the physical, the spiritual and emotional grow as well. And we invest in the spiritual and emotional, the physical is more fully expressed too. Yeah. So there is an element of sex is for your relationship. Like if you think of the relationship as a third party, mm-hmm. like we're doing this to nurture the health and well-being of our marriage, of our relationship. Not to get you an orgasm or me an orgasm. Well, it's just like for the health of us, let's bring together in our yeah. relationship. Yeah. And it's it's not like, okay, we need to do, have sex now in order to boost the emotional and physical and spiritual <laughs> intimacy. No, it's it's just, it, the fact is, it is an element of the relationship that, that we want to build into it. It helps us build the heart of our marriage. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is about being gratifying for you, being gratifying for me. It's about serving one another in a way. Sure. Um, and it's about... Man, it's just fun. It's good. Yeah. And interesting that you said that, like, um, it's sometimes it's, I don't know, maybe this is a female thing or maybe it's not. Sometimes you feel like it's an obligation, like, well, to serve my marriage, to serve my relationship, you know, when you're not a hundred percent feeling it, but you know, it's great for the health of your marriage. You know, studies say that um, if you have less than sex than less than 10 times a year, your marriage is considered sexless. Yeah. And the it's like a danger light that goes off mm-hmm. in your marriage. Danger, Will Robinson. It is. If you think um, about it for a moment. As far as marital dysfunction or divorce or whatever. Sure. Yeah. If you think about it for a minute. Um, when your marriage is not in a good place, you're not as um, interested in having sex. Yeah. And sometimes when your marriage isn't in a good place, part of it is because you're, you're not, not having sex. You're not having sex. You're not engaging in, in emo- physical intimacy mm-hmm. um, or emotional or spiritual intimacy. Right. They're all really important. Yeah. And they're all lacking in that case. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like a, it's a barometer in some ways. It's an indicator of the health of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And we say that and and at the same time, there are some folks have limitations or um, sure. or circumstances that, that make it not uh, as appealing or feasible. feasible or interesting or whatever. You know, maybe because of health situations sure. or, you know, past abuse or... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like that, there are things that you need to address mm-hmm. sometimes as far as frequency or... For me, mm-hmm. for me, there have, been t- there have been two things that I would note. One, um, we, you know, if you've listened to us for very long, you, you've probably heard us mention at some point, we went through about a nine-year battle with infertility. Mm-hmm. And in that process, sex in a lot of ways just became about sperm donation, Right. It became about the process of trying to achieve a pregnancy, and that was it. Yeah. And it took all the fun out of it, frankly. 
yeah, you got to prop me up. I can't move for 10 minutes. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to get a good angle and, you know, all this other stuff. (laughs) There's just all the the scientific stuff of it. And it took all the fun out of it. And actually, we had times when our doctor would actually prescribe that we have to go home and have sex a certain amount of time in on certain days. And at first you think, (laughs) all right, cool. We know we're going to do this. And oh, you know, oh, they're saying it brings you closer together and everything else. And yet, when somebody says, you must do this, what's our natural instinct? Well, screw you. <laughs> I'll do what no, I want. screw me. <laughs> um, so that was one time. And another um, challenging season for me was uh, a couple years ago, I had some real significant body image issues. Mm-hmm. Um, You're overweight. And- I was significantly overweight. And... Um, it just, it, it undermined my security, my sense of like, of, of feeling sexy or feeling appealing to you. Sure. And, and so it was really, uh, it was really unsettling in some ways. Yeah. For me, after I had the girls, like each time after I had a baby, you know, your boobs start to get go a little south. And, you know, I mean, there's things that just change about your body that do not come back unless there's surgical intervention, for sure, which I would not rule out down the road. Sure. But because, um, you know, I think it's if that's something that you and your spouse both want, I think that's great. Um, but... Uh, I feel like in the past I hadn't really had any too many body issues, you know, I mean, normal things here and there, but you know, I was in my twenties and thirties, pretty good shape. And I didn't really have a, and And are, okay. Okay. And, uh, I feel like I got a few more body image issues at post post baby Sure. Because there's there's stretch marks and there's, you know, loose skin and you want to talk about that? Is this I, I just, is this sexy? Is it turning you on? I mean, honestly, a little bit. But. <laughs> so, anyways, so there are it's times, awkward. There are it's seasons. Awkward. There are circumstances yeah. where where sexual intimacy just doesn't it 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 doesn't work the way we want it to. Right. Um, and yet we know it's important, equally as important as emotional and spiritual. Yeah. And, um, like just getting back to the idea of listening to Christians talk about sex, Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's like this perfect spiritual. Oh, yes. (laughs) It is an act of worship on our bed is the altar upon which we offer up ourselves to the Lord. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and sometimes you just want to hump. Yep. Sometimes it's just, hey, how you doing? Um, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of humping. There's more humping when uh, you're a parent. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, there's the, just uh, the, not enough. There's not enough time in the day or energy or yeah. um, your room is not a soundproof chamber. Come on. Like, seriously, what the heck is up with our bed? Like, I feel like we have to, like, 
gorilla glue the whole thing back together because it's always making no, some I just, kind I of need weird to get, noises. I, I got the drill in there. I just need to take the whole bed apart and s- screw down. Oh, that's the, all you got to do is just take the whole bed apart. That it, sounds... No, I mean, just take the mattress and the box springs off and screw the little boards back down. Oh, tighter. forget it. Just stick it out at the curb and get a new bed. Uh... I'll just sell it for you. Sell it, sell our, <laughs> our very nice bed for $3. Yeah, yeah. Hey, somebody will take it. They'll screw it back together. Um, yeah, so they're just they're circumstantial restraints sometimes. But the key is, is that um, you're in communication about it. Yeah. So it's like if there's some situation that's come up or there's, um, you know, a health concern or whatever it is, just communicate it with your spouse. I know it can feel like kind of scary and awkward and also just like, oh man, I can't believe I'm having to have this conversation about like, why haven't we had sex in a month? Like, mm-hmm. like there's kind of a, what's wrong with us? Like, or why really am I having to say this? <laughs> or, or I really don't like it when you do X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Or I really wish we could do F, G, and H. Yeah. Um, like I, I know for us, there have been times where like when we go to have a what we call a sex alliance conversation, mm-hmm. it, it's it feels really awkward because we're like we've been together for for more than twenty years, and shouldn't we know this stuff by now? Like mm-hmm. we've been, I should we say we've been married for more than fifteen years, but uh, shouldn't we know this by now? Yeah, and so we shame ourselves a little bit. Um, we also when we have curiosities we also start to judge them and mm-hmm. shame them and criticize and condemn and feel insecure for wondering, oh, could we try the 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 watering can or the praying mantis? Or what? And the watering can is not what you might first think. What do you think? I, it just sounds like something that would definitely fall on oh. me, not healthy, not wise, not beneficial, not agreeable side of the scale, which I just rattled that off. And that's, that's something as we talk about sex and romance in Legendary Marriage Academy, um, we just, we provide you with a whole powerful set of tools to have a conversation, a healthy conversation about sex and what your interests are and your desires and your limits are and everything. And a means by which to filter through it. To go, hey, this is interesting to me. Is it interesting to you? Can we try it? Yes or no? Is it wise? Is it beneficial? Is it agreeable? Is it healthy? Um, so it, it's it's a it's a whole module in Legendary Marriage Academy that uh, we're really proud of, honestly. Yeah. So if you're curious, jump over to joinlma.com and you can yeah. check out some more about that. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, it was interesting when you were talking about like, shouldn't we know this kind of stuff by now? I mean, we've been married yeah. 15 years and all that. Um, I was just trying to think back of when did we start knowing that we knew about sex? Like even as like teenagers and, you know, you, yeah. you read like a magazine or your your friends talk about something or... Um, you know, you have a boyfriend or girlfriend at a young age and you kind of see what's going on. Um, but I'm just wondering, fumbling your way through, really, you kind of are fumbling your way through. And I don't know if maybe a younger generation, they know a little bit more than maybe is necessary a lot of times, 
But um, I feel like we were, we fumbled a little bit. Like, well, you know, I think I remember it was fifth grade or something like that when they had the split the boys and girls up and talk about the biological and clinical terminologies. I of think we just sex talked about sexuality. getting our period. That's all we talked about. I it think. was, it was, <laughs> it was that, and it was, you know, erections and, and things like that. And here are the things and don't do it. Don't do it. So, don't do it. Yeah. Um, don't get an erection. Don't, yeah. Don't get an erection. Don't have <laughs> sex. Don't talk about it. Don't think about it. Don't go, don't go near women when they're, when you're feeling like that, just run away and go, Pound your head against a wall or something. Oh, jeez, honey. <laughs> so, Somebody should so have reported the, that teacher. <laughs> from the education perspective, it's very clinical and off-putting. You know, when you're like, yeah. it's because at that age, at those ages, you start, the hormones start going and you're going, I'm curious about this and what it is and what it means and how it feels and blah, blah, blah. And they're going, when the blood starts flowing into the flaccid blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and blah, you're like, what? Uh, okay. <laughs> And then you're then the other side of it is we're we're left to just figure it out. Yeah, largely most of us are. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know we figure it out by talking with friends who have yeah. no idea what they're talking about. Did your parents give you the talk? Um, I'll, I'll get in just a sec. We, oh, okay. we, we talk about it with friends. We try stuff. Uh huh. Which is frankly dangerous and unfulfilling and <laughs> in many yeah. ways. And. Um, and then we look to things like pornography and, and yeah. to the culture and it's just, you're sifting through and, and especially now there's, there's so much in our age. We were at that age, when we were at that age, we didn't have the internet the way we do now. No, and no, we so didn't the, have the internet the, at all. The ready <laughs> access to a ton of great information and even more bad information sure. and not judging it, but just saying it's wrong and dangerous like inaccurate and dangerous. You yeah. know, when I was, when I was coming of age, the, 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 the talk that my dad gave me was essentially, so you like this girl, huh? Talking about some girl I was dating. Uh-huh. I said, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was weird enough that we had any conversation <laughs> about she, my romantic Did he asked if life. you liked her? Yeah. That was weird, like unnormal yeah. and awkward enough. I think it's, well, don't screw it up by screwing her. And that was the end of the conversation. And I love my dad and he's a great man and a great father and, and, you know, I respect him and everything, but it wasn't the, it wasn't kind of the, it wasn't very helpful. It wasn't terribly <laughs> helpful. Um, and it's, it, it got me thinking like we have two girls right now, yeah, a five-year-old and a two and a half-year-old and in a couple decades, they'll start getting curious about these things. Uh-huh. <laughs> a couple decades. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, it got me thinking about why is it that we don't have better um, role models or sources for information and conversation about this? Oh. And yeah, it's awkward and it's weird. And immediately when I say, why don't we talk to our parents about sex and sexuality? You know, it... it <laughs> Yeah, like you, I can I can hear people listening to the to the podcast right now cringing in their cars and in their kitchens and on their stationary bicycles and everything else cringing at the idea of talking to their parents about sex. You know, I mean your parents, you know, hug and kiss, but as far no, as No, they don't. <laughs> 
Oh, as far as thinking about them actually having sex, that just... Well, and it's not even about, are your parents having sex with... But, like, getting information for somebody who actually knows what the heck they're talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. And being somebody who actually knows what the heck you're talking about so that you can help other people. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's probably any lack of people that know what they're talking about. But just to be able to engage, like get back the, past the awkwardness mm-hmm. and engage as like an expert. Like, I mean, not a lot of people are willing to stand up and say, I'm a sex expert. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. And the people that do get a lot of money. For, for doing the therapy and the coaching and the consulting and the counseling and everything sure. that goes around that. Sure. And even just being a, like you said, you know, there's coaches and, you know, all this other stuff. Even being a client or a kid or whatever, sure. anybody just willing to say, hey, I'm curious. I want to know about this, this, and this. And to have actually a healthy response and somebody just mm-hmm. engage in a normal conversation so it's just so rare. It's, it's so rare. rare. So rare. And again, as I'm thinking about my experience growing up and our girls, um, you know, we've always said we want, I want our kids to be able to come and talk to us about anything, even if it's awkward and uncomfortable or if it pisses me off or yeah. whatever. I want us to be a safe and courageous family Yeah. that um, can talk about these things because it's, it's so important. Yeah. When, when we can't, that's when, frankly, bad things happen. Right. You're inviting so, shame and judgment sure. and everything else in, and that can kind of hijack those kind sure. of conversations. But, you know, thank the Lord we have, like I said, 20 or 30 years before they'll start getting any curious about any of that. I feel like you keep increasing so we that have, number. <laughs> so we have time. To start getting it right in our relationship mm-hmm. because our marriage is the foundation for our family. Right. So that's kind of where we are with this, this episode is, is challenging each other and you, the listener, to um, start having some courageous, vulnerable, awkward conversations with each other about, what do, yeah, what are about your, your expect- sexuality and about sex. What are your expectations? What do you desire? What do you want more of? Yeah. What are you curious about? Yeah. What what is what is the thing that when your spouse says, "Ooh, I really want to do this," that makes you go, oh, "That makes us dirty, terrible human beings, and we're gonna burn in hell." <laughs> what's the judgment? Yeah, what's the judgment? Not to say that it won't make you dirty, rotten, terrible human beings, but that is a judgment. Mm-hmm. It's not mine to make. Um, and so that's why we created those, those four criteria. Is it wise? Is it beneficial? Is it agreeable? And is it healthy? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can have a conversation about it, but, the, but the, the hardest part is practice removing judgment and criticism and shame from the conversation. Yeah. Allow yourself some space and time together to talk about um, the different positions and behaviors and accessories and conditions and environmental things that uh, fantasies and things like that, that you have curiosity about Uh, because you'll see in some places that, you know, I'm a 10 of an interest in this thing. 
on a one to 10 scale. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go right now. And Danielle's a one. And it might mean it's a no-go, and it might mean that we just we just have a conversation about why is that interesting, and is it healthy, wise, beneficial, and agreeable? And then we, we come to a decision about it. Yeah, so I just want to encourage y'all to be courageous. Be courageous. Have that conversation together. You could even uh, go in your bedroom while you have it. Yeah, <laughs> there's an idea. Heck yeah. Turn the lights down low, get naked under the covers, and have a sex alliance conversation. We have a whole bunch of resources that you can tap into as a member of Legendary Marriage Academy, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, there are some other resources out there. If you sure. are interested in finding more about sex in your marriage, there's a good book out there. It's called Sheet Music. Yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes. And uh, I would just, I would encourage you when you have this conversation with your spouse, I mean, you could look up some of those positions on the Kama Sutra or maybe some, get some mermaid or some snail or some flat iron, (laughs) some watering cans, praying mantis going in your relationship. And, you know, we say all this offering like the idea of expand your ideas of, of what, what there is just for the purpose of getting into alignment, of having the conversation that builds intimacy and connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and remember, it, anything that, that moves from being a fantasy to a necessity is probably unhealthy. Uh-huh. And in the end, the physical part of sex, it always ends the same way. Hopefully. So it doesn't matter if you're doing one of the 2,437 variations of the Kama Sutra or you're just doing something normal. (laughs) Something normal. I'm not not judging anything, but it doesn't matter how you do it. If it's if it's benefiting your relationship. Right. If it's, you know, so we get so fixated on the, well, let's try this thing and or let's I'm curious about that or whatever. Let's not get too fixated on it. Because the purpose isn't some contortionist position or, you know, an all night long duration or something. It's about connecting. Yeah. It's about expressing your love and affection and the physical, spiritual, and emotional intimacy for each other. Mm -hmm. So we dig into all of that in Legendary Marriage Academy. It's actually the first full module we do. Right. The, there's the orientation module, and then the first full module we do is the romance and sex right. curriculum. And we just help you have healthy conversations about it. We give you some resources to get really specific mm-hmm. in the process and the tools to um, create a safe space together to talk about your hopes and dreams and your aspirations and your curiosities in a way that at the heart of it, builds intimacy and connection in your marriage because that's what it's all about. Beautiful thing. Um, So that's all we have for you today. Check out LMA. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast over on iTunes so that we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Have a good one. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us on the adventure. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.